Hear that? That's the sound of your car's NCT getting closer. But this year, why not rely on an Avantcard loan rather than luck? If it's time to upgrade your car to something newer, it's time you contacted Avantcard. Avantcard offers loans from 5,000 to 75,000 euro, approval in principle in minutes, and personalised pricing made for you. Find out more at avantcard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Avantcard DAC Trading's Avantcard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are things today? Things are great. Busy as usual. Uh, big day here in Pittsburgh, talking about the whole Le'Veon Bell nonsense. And I've missed you. We haven't gotten together as much as I've, I would like of late. Both of us have been a little busier than usual, and I've been I've been missing the Blueprint a little bit. I know. I know. I have as well. Hopefully our listeners have. We, yeah, that'd be we, nice. We missed last week, but we are, we're back this week. We've got a great guest with us. One of our favorites, one of our regulars, I think we can say at this point. We've got Adam Spinks. You might know him as the RB Scout. Adam, how's it going, man? It's going great, guys. It is cold and frigid in Texas, and that is not the norm, but um, I'm glad to talk to you guys and, and get a chance to talk about what's going on in the fancy world and running back world. Yeah, absolutely. If, it, if it's cold in Texas, just imagine what it is in Pittsburgh. It's a little chilly. <laughs> low, hey, low legit cold, though, for Texas. It was 28 degrees wow. when we woke up this morning. It's colder than that, here. For, for DFW, that's miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty rough. We, we had snow on the ground even in Kentucky this morning, you know, a, right. a couple weeks before um, Thanksgiving. So that's, that's a weird sight, but whatever, whatever. We're, like you said, Adam, we're here to talk. I think Pittsburgh's the warmest of the three. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> We are here to talk running backs. That's your specialty, obviously, and that's what we're going to focus on. Uh, just like we've done most of the year, we're going to go game by game uh, looking at the Week 10 games. And uh, we've, we've been doing kind of a scenario, something a dynasty player might consider doing as far as making a trade, adding or dropping a player, something like that. Uh, we're going away from that a little bit. We're still going with our game by game uh, lineup, but we're just going to focus on some of the running backs in those games and, and get Adam's thoughts uh, on those players for the rest of this season, for 2019, uh, and and so forth. So let's start. Uh, Matt, you talked about Pittsburgh. We'll start with that Thursday night game, Carolina and Pittsburgh. And I, I guess, Matt, let's let's just start. We'll start with you, actually, with, with the Bell stuff. We're recording this on Tuesday. That was kind of D-Day for... Uh, for Le'Veon Bell, he did not report. He's not going to play in 2018. You've you've kind of been saying that for at least a month now that that was that was kind of the feeling you were getting that he actually may go through with it and not play. Uh, so at this point, we we can say his Steeler career is over. What's what's the thought there in Pittsburgh? Um, and any idea where he might suit up in 2019? Yeah, and you laid that out well. 
Um, I, I still don't understand his logic. Uh, you know, you leave $14.5 million on the table is the best way to earn money. I, I just don't quite, that doesn't add up to me. Um, but whatever, he is not going to be back. I can say with 99.9 certainty that he will never be a Steeler again. And I also think, you know, when we talk about Connor, um, that the Steelers will add somebody in the offseason. Right now they have Ridley, they have Samuels. I wouldn't give those guys huge bumps. Um, and if Connor were to go down, I think those two would truly split time. Um, but I bet they use a third-round pick on another hopefully future Connor. Um, as for Bell, we were talking about that today. The, the three names that I felt the strongest about were Houston, you know, move on from Lamar Miller, draft some linemen. Oakland, they need everything. And I do know for a fact Gruden likes him a lot. And the hated Ravens. I could see the Ravens being interested in him. I think uh, I think Vegas got involved and, and released their... Oh, did they? Yeah, their their idea for maybe his next team. And uh, the Raiders were near the top. And I think the Jets might have been the the uh, the favorite right now. I think the Bucks are another team to throw out, too. Well, well, you know, yeah, you know, one thing to think about is it, to me, it, it's not come down to where he wants to play as far as winning. It really only comes down to money because at this point he has to make up the money that he just left. So to me, whoever gives him the most is where he's going. It's not going to be anything about situation. So Adam, let's, let's transition a little bit to players that we actually care about this year, players that are actually playing. And uh, James Conner has really been, maybe the story of the entire season, uh, not only because of Bell and, and that that situation, but because Connor has played so well in his own right. H- how do you think Dynasty owners should value James Connor moving forward? I was looking at our latest ADP at DLF. He is, based on that, he's the RB12. So he is in that RB1 range at this point. Is that fair? Or maybe you think he should even be higher than that? Oh, I think that's more than fair. Running back volume is always the key. And if you look at a per-game basis, no one has more snaps played at running back position than than Connor does. And even Gurley doesn't. It's a slightly um, higher percentage for Connor. So, you know, he's been everything that we could ever expect from Bell is what Connor has been. And I didn't come into the season thinking that. I mean, I was on Le'Veon Bell being a top three play and, and Connor being a a good committee back, and that has not played out. I think he's ran very well on film. He runs hard. Uh, he's been way more dynamic in the receiving game than I ever expected him to be. I do agree with Matt that you can't run someone at this level and expect them to hold out, or not hold out, but them to survive like Bell did. Uh, he's running at that type of level as far as the, the amount of volume he's getting. I don't think that's a reasonable expectation. So anytime you have a decrease in volume, you have a decrease in numbers, and you just need an efficiency to stay. But his his selling point is that he's ran well against eight-man fronts. He's like 30% on eight-man fronts that he's faced, and he's he's ran really well. And, you know, you can always look at offensive groupings as, as an important thing for um, defensive man in the box. And the Steelers run 11 personnel, which is one running back and one tight end, about 75% of the time. So it's, they're not uh, running too heavy of packages. So I think, yeah, there's a lot to like. I don't – I'm way higher than probably 12. I was expecting you to tell me – I'd like to know who's around him. I thought about that today. He's certainly not in the, the top tier, even the second tier for me, but he's in the, the Mixon-Fournette conversation for me around that area. 
Yeah, that's that's kind of the range. Fournette is actually one spot ahead of them, and and all of these guys are pretty closely grouped. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is actually RB ten, so he's ahead of him as well. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that one, but that's what that's what the people have have said. Connor's ahead of Dalvin Cook, ahead of Carryon Johnson, Nick Chubb. We see a lot of the rookies coming in there in the in the early teens. So that's that's probably where we can expect him. Mixon, your boy Mixon, is RB8 right now. He's moving up. I can tell you this without hesitation. There is zero chance I would trade James Conner for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I don't care where Le'Veon Bell goes. His value diminishes because of the situation. The situation he has with the Steelers, with as much volume as they were giving him, he's not going to have that wherever he goes. I, I, if it's Houston, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I actually did a just kind of a random Twitter poll to see uh, – kind of where the where the community was this was probably two weeks ago before we had gotten so close to to this day and and we knew for sure that bell wouldn't before we knew for sure that bell wouldn't be playing and even then i think it was 65 35 something like that in favor of connor so um very very different than what our adp says all right, guys, our next game, the Lions and the Bears. Adam, I'm just I'm really confused at this point with this Chicago backfield. We saw them start the season uh, planning to not only feed Jordan Howard uh, plenty of carries, but they also vowed to get him involved in the passing game. That looked like bad news for Tariq Cohen, and, and it was in the first two to three weeks. And then we saw a, a quick shift, and Cohen was – leading the way uh, not only as a pass catcher but getting some carries too and, and now it's started to shift back I I don't know what to do with this backfield I love Cohen as a player I think I just kind of am pretty apathetic when it comes to Howard he's he just kind of seems like a boring dynasty asset but uh, he, he he does produce when he gets a chance how are you valuing these two guys and and who do you really see um, or who do you prefer in the dynasty league between those two uh, I think you're going to run into the same situation you have now moving forward. I, I think that they've just carved a role, and Chicago has actually been successful running the ball despite the fact that we don't look at Howard as a successful fancy player. They're like a 49% success rate running the ball, which is pretty good. I mean, that's not, not bad at all. And, you know, Howard is in this role now where he's going to get double-digit rushing attempts, but he has next to nothing in receiving. We were we were sold a bill of goods on this third down thing, and it's not happening at all. I think he has two catches in his last six games for 20 yards. But So his ceiling is obviously severely limited because of that. Um, his floor is going to be there. But, and then the flip side is Cohen, and there's, there's the, the floor is so low because of the lack of volume that he gets on a weekly basis that you're – you're relying on these massive plays, which he's capable of, obviously, where he has this one catch for 70-yard reception game that, that saves your fantasy week. Uh, I just think that it's a situation that you have to have the proper expectations moving forward on. The Bears are going to be pretty good offensively, but I think that they're just they're going to be in their role, and that role's not going to change as far as the two, where you're going to have to just deal with the week-to-week inconsistency between both of them. So, Matt, let's say you are a contender. We're getting close to trade deadline time in Dynasty Leagues. And you've got a late first-round pick. You can trade it for Tariq Cohen, or you can trade it for Jordan Howard, or you can just hold it. What are you doing? Hmm. Probably holding it 
I agree that things probably won't change. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you're the Bears, that's a tough one, man. This is a good question. I guess I'd prefer Howard because I think that defense will keep him in games and they'll be able to use that script going forward. And he's going to be a better touchdown producer, you would think. Big picture. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Adam, both of these guys were mid, late round picks. So so they're both cheap, both still obviously on their rookie deals. It sounds like you expect this to be the same in 2019 with, with these two. 100%. I don't see any reason why I wouldn't. It's, yep. it's been good and it's a good package. It's not good for fancy fun, but it's good for NFL fun. Yeah, absolutely. Next game, the Saints and the Bengals. New Orleans went into Cincinnati and just really wiped them out. Um, we know we know we love Mixon. I'm not going to let you talk about him too much. <laughs> of, of course, we know Alvin uh, Kamara is, is one of the top dynasty assets. Let's talk about Mark Ingram, though. Can fantasy players count on him the rest of the season as a fantasy starter? And do you think he might be with a new team in 2019? Well, I think you definitely have him as a fancy starter. You're going to start three running backs per week. That's 36 running backs. I mean, he uh, at this point, he plays for what is essentially the best offense in the league. Uh, he's going to be in positive game scripts weekly. I think we've we've looked at his volume and, and thought that maybe it was low, and that's not the case. I think he's had 14 or more touches in every game but one. So the volume is there. It's just the efficiency hasn't been there, which is odd because Ingram's always been a pretty efficient player. Uh, I, I, I expect that to come so – New Orleans can run the ball. New Orleans can do whatever they want to at this point. And I think Peyton would like to lean on the running game. Uh, as as much as he loves Breeze and, and Thomas and everything else he has, he did that last year. He played he played defense and he, and he ran the ball, and I would expect that to happen again. He won't put up 2017 numbers, but I, absolutely, I'm relying on Ingram. But as far as his contract, yeah, he is a free agent. But if you look at the, the group of, that he's going to be with, the only one that I would say is the the lock solid, yeah, you're going to get a full-time job is going to be Le'Veon Bell. But then there's a pretty good group of Tevin Coleman, Jay Ajayi, Ingram, Alex Collins, these guys that are just going to – they're going to get parts of a job. So the best option for me for Ingram is to stay, obviously, if he wants to, to be successful. So, yeah, if he stays, then he'll be this, what he's always been. I just don't see him ever leaving this situation and, and improving as a dynasty asset. You mentioned Tevin Coleman. That's the next game we want to talk about, the Falcons and the Cleveland Browns. This Falcons backfield has really been a weird one this year. I think fantasy owners came into the season expecting to be able to use and rely on both Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Uh, Freeman had the the early injury and, and basically ruined his season almost from week one, which then felt like, a slam dunk for Tevin Coleman for the rest of the season. And, and that just hasn't happened. He's um, he's kind of been up and down a little bit. We've seen Edo Smith play a larger role than, than really anyone expected. And, and somehow both Freeman and Coleman, I think have lost dynasty value this year. Uh, so let's start with Freeman. We all expect Coleman to, to move on next year as a free agent. So do you see Freeman basically regaining both his role and his dynasty value? Oh, yeah, I would certainly agree with that. Coleman's going to leave, and Freeman would be going back to the, the lead type running back for Atlanta. But, you know, Devonta Freeman's biggest problem is 2015 Devonta Freeman. We all had these, you know, grandiose ideas that he was going to be this RB1 every single year because he was the overall RB1 in 2015, but that was on 1,600 total yards. 
So it's not like he had this 2000 monster season. He just was in a, in a season that was pathetic for running backs. He was the, the best of that group. So we've always had these unrealistic expectations. I see him as a, as a 1200 yard total back, like on a weekly or on a, on a seasonally basis, because I've never felt that he was an upper echelon talent. I think he just plays for a good offense. And now that offense is led by a, a coordinator that's not as good at getting running backs into successful positions as Shanahan was. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's what he has. And I would ex- fully expect Coleman to leave and to try to get a job somewhere else and, and fell as a starting running back. Ryan, do you feel like the only one of the three whose stock went up was Edo Smith? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah right. Really, without question. Um, a, a couple things. First, I want to stay on Freeman for just a second. Right now, back into our ADP, he is RB24. Uh, Adam, without a ton of context as far as who's around him, does that feel about right? Back-end RB2 dynasty value? Yeah, I would say so, just based off his age and, and situation. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's out of the realm of where he should be. Okay, and then over to Tevin Coleman. You, uh, Of course, he's the next guy we want to talk about there, and you already said you expect him to fail. Talk to us about why. Well, Tevin Coleman's the type of player that when he burst on the season scene, we all loved him. But he's, like you've mentioned, he's just never taken advantage of the opportunity that he's had, especially this year. This is a year where running backs aren't going to make a killing in free agency, but he had an opportunity to take a starting role next year, and he's not done it. And one of the main reasons is because he's he's got this good trick. He's got speed, which is a good talent to have, but he has this – the only ability he really has is to, to catch the edge – on the defense. I think 80%, I think it's 77% if you want to get down to the right number of his rushing totals have come from off tackle. So that's not going to work on a consistent basis for a 20 type um, carry back. That'll help on a, on a 10 carry back. Sure. A committee back. He's a fantastic part of a committee, but he will, he will not have a successful lead back role where he cannot run inside between the tackles. You guys both agree. He's not going to get the McKinnon spike from a year ago. Nope. No, yeah, I, I think it, he's a committee guy. For he just forever. has to. He would have to land in that exact perfect situation. I don't know what that situation is right now, and that would even even that would just be a value increase, not necessarily the production. Like like Adam was saying. Yes, I would like to tell some people about simple contacts. I have simple contacts in my eyeballs as we speak. I love this service. I, I got to be honest, especially this time of year. I despise going to the doctor, the dentist, the eye doctor, any of those type of things. And Simple Contacts makes it really easy. So Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to renew your contacts lens prescriptions and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. And that's 100% true. Instead of heading to the doctor year after year just to renew your prescription for something you wear every day, you can do it on your own time and terms in just a few minutes. The vision care for the 21st century. Need to renew your prescription? Take five-minute Simple Contact Vision online test. It will be reviewed by a licensed doctor. You receive a renewed prescription and reorder your contacts. All you need is your current contacts, an internet connection, and 10 feet of space. Even if you're totally out of contacts, they've got an option for you too. So if you have unexpired prescription and need more contacts, just upload a photo of it of your doctor's information and order your lenses. They do all the hard work for you and take care of verifying and confirming your prescription. 
you can just you know use simple contacts from anywhere in minutes the the whole test really does take less than five minutes and a licensed doctor reviews every test so you can skip the office visit but not the care the reviews speak for themselves simple contacts have been rated five stars over five thousand times on the app store and you can text with the support team and always get to speak with a person there's no automated robots or any of that so simple contacts has all brands and types of lenses you're familiar with and the vision test is only 20 bucks so compare that to the appointment the time you take with sometimes you know the the, the, the it can go up to about $200 and their lens prices are unbeatable but we have a promotion for our listeners to get $20 off your contacts which is already and they're already cheap to begin with go to simplecontacts.com/dynasty20 use our code dynasty20 at checkout again that gets you $20 off go to simplecontacts.com slash dynasty 20 and our code is dynasty 20 something you got to do guys our next game is jacksonville and indianapolis adam i'm I'm really interested in your thoughts here marlon mack is a player i was not necessarily a believer in uh coming into the season i kind of felt vindicated through much of the early season as he dealt with an injury and um and was kind of slow to return from that and and when he did return uh, he he had a couple of amazing games rb2 one week rb3 uh the other week and and then had a had an okay game last week what are your thoughts on marlon mack in general and should dynasty owners be treating him as as the top 20 running back for the next two to three years so mack was that draft season one of my um not sleepers but just one of my guys that i really did like coming out but I've never felt watching him on film that he was going to be the uh, lead back getting 20 type carries uh, per game. But he, like you said, he's played really, really well whenever he's been on the field the last few weeks. I personally put a lot of that credit to the Colts offensive line. I've mentioned all offseason that I thought Quentin Nelson was the best player in the draft. That doesn't mean that I think he should have went number one. I just think that he was head and shoulders the best player in this draft and that he would have the massive impact that he's looking like he's having for the Colts run game. And it's playing out. So to me, if, if you're buying Marlon Mack, it's because you're buying into Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson and, and the Colts offensive line and Frank Reich uh, putting together a good game plan, which he's been doing. And you're buying that. And I think that's something to buy into. I, I think Mac has that speed that we've talked about. Mac's a lot like Tevin Coleman, and I've, I comped him to that coming out of college. But he's in a situation now where he's he's getting that lead role. I don't, I don't know if I can buy into him being more than he is right now. Uh, that's hard to say because you're, you're talking top 20 running back. I, I'll say this. If I'm buying him as a low end of that top 20, uh, I'm going to do that because I'm a person that likes risk and – He's someone that could be a top 10 running back, and it's just because of the offensive line. Well, you can look at yards after contact all you want, but to me what you want is yards before contact because that's what's it's repeatable. A good offensive line play is repeatable, and he's going to have that for the next two to three years. So, yeah, if I can, if I can trade him for that type of range, I'm going to do it because of the, the potential reward. Yeah, I, I agree with, with most of what you said there. My concern with him is just those injuries um, mm-hmm. because it's not been just one thing, right? It's been foot and it's been um, 
I think it was, I think he had a hamstring issue. I, I can't even remember two or three different injuries. And even since these two big games, he's popped up on the injury report. And there was, uh, there was some concern about whether he would play in, in these games. So if that continues to be an issue, you, you think you would think the Colts have to uh, look at other options or at least look at bringing in more competition. I don't know if Jordan Wilkins is really competition. Uh, we know what Naheem Hines is and he's not really competition for a lead back role either. Um, so that, that would be my only concern with uh, I- investing in him. Matt, what are your thoughts on Marlon Mack? I think that now's a great time to move him because he does look good. The line is strong. I didn't love him coming out of school and maybe I'm wrong because he has looked better than I expected, but I don't trust him to hold up as a lead guy. And I think the key here is, the Colts just have so much money. This could be a great spot for Collins or Ingram, you know, a, a heavier back that in the end, it might be better than Mac. Yeah, I completely agree with all that. I, I think that you're right. You're spot on. I think you, if, to me, it's just the, the potential of having it hit all right is worth it for me at that price at, at a low RB2 price. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to buy into that. But I, my expectations are are set, and knowing full well that he's still going to be more than likely a 15-touch type player or even less um, and just have the potential of it hitting well. What would you need to move him? Uh, without even thinking. I mean, I, if you threw a first-round pick, I'm not even entertaining it. I'm going to keep Mac. And just a random first, I'm right. keeping Mac. So I don't know. He's he's below that. What we talked about earlier, that Fournette, Mixon, Connor tier. Connor. He's well below that. But uh, I would say, just off the top of my head, RB fifteen or so around there is where he's going to be. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at that, you're, you're once you get to that area, it's a bunch of crap shoots anyway. So at that point, I want the guy that plays with the best offensive line and has a good head coach. Yeah, those those are very good points. Both both the line and the coaching staff there have have been impressive this year. Adam, I didn't let you talk about Joe Mixon, but I am going to let you talk <laughs> about David Johnson, uh, your your other guy. Uh, you came on our show and told us this offseason or this preseason, I should say, that David Johnson was still your RB1 overall uh, in, in Dynasty and Redraft in every format there was. And we know the story here. We know he got off to uh, a disappointing start. We know Mike McCoy was fired. Things are looking up uh, in a major way since Byron Leftwich took over. And in fact, David Johnson had a huge game in week 10. He was the RB1. Uh, he had nearly 200 total yards, led his team in rushing and receiving. So has that poor start affected his dynasty ranking for you? Do you still have him as your RB1, or have you moved him down a little bit? Well, first off, I'm so thankful that he decided to be the RB1 before I came on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, David Johnson, for not making me look like an idiot at this point. But, yeah, I mean, the the McCoy offense was a disaster, way more than – I think anybody could have expected that even was down on David Johnson. Uh, just the fact of that him just keep on plotting him into the center and guard gaps and not throwing the ball to him was frustrating beyond belief for someone like me that just really does like the, the player. And, and now it is 
this opportunity to redeem himself, I guess, with Byron Leftwich. I've really liked what Leftwich has done. He, he's got a rookie quarterback, so he can't just have this uh, totally explosive offense and this big playbook because he's got a rookie quarterback. And he's still factoring in David Johnson in ways that McCoy never thought of, putting him out wide, making him a primary read on, on passing attempts, giving him nine targets last week. This is exactly what we've been hoping for. Um, so, yeah, he's not my overall RB1. I, I say this without any nonsense in my voice. I still believe 100% he is the best running back in the league, the most talented running back in the league. That's better than Barkley, better than Gurley. I 100% believe that, that he has the most talent. But he's in a situation that's poor right now, and he's got a rookie quarterback that's learning the ropes. So I, I would, I'm going to tell you this: he's still going to be a lot higher for me than anybody else. I, I can promise you that. David Johnson would not be traded in my league because I own him, and I own the other two players that I would trade him for, and that's Barkley and Gurley. So, uh, yeah, that's a nice dynasty. That's a pretty. That's good, a nice that's dynasty league. So I own the only two players that I would trade him for. So he's not getting moved. I'm not saying that you're crazy if you trade him for, you know, Kamara. Uh, Kamara would be right there too. But Kamara, McCaffrey, Hunt, sure, yeah, absolutely, you could move him from them. I just personally wouldn't. Did we miss the window to get him if there was one? I still think people think that Arizona's just god awful and that they're going to continue to be that way, and. They're going to think the situation is just going to remain terrible for him. But to me, he, he can play through bad situations just as long as he's getting targets. That's what he's always needed as targets. He wins in the passing game. I agree. I don't think you necessarily missed the window to get him. You maybe missed the window to get him as cheap as he was sure. a month ago. But that, that probably happened as soon as McCoy got fired. Uh, because as soon as that happened, everyone expected, basically everyone expected what we've seen the past couple weeks. And even before McCoy got fired, Johnson was actually an RB1. I think he was the RB12 the week week that McCoy got fired, and and I'm talking about cumulative for the full season. So the the week-to-week numbers were a little disappointing, a little frustrating, but um, he was he was still hanging around and and putting up some points for fantasy owners. And and Adam, I I was just giving you a hard time. Definitely <laughs> should not feel any shame uh, because we were we were all uh, believers in in David Johnson as we should be, and uh, it, it really just goes to show you how how important and sometimes how damaging coaching can be um, because it. It doesn't take, you know, a, an offensive mastermind to look at that and just be frustrated, especially when you've got the game plan, right? You've got the blueprint. That's what we should say on here. We saw what he did a couple of years ago, and you don't have the same, you know, the offensive line is different. The quarterback is different. But it, some of those plays will work no matter what. And like you said, just running into the back of the offensive lineman is never going to work, as we saw. Hey, one thing on that. Let's let, let's talk in three months and let's see how many fantasy championships are won with David Johnson on the roster. Let's yeah. see. Let's see. Let's yeah, see really. what happens. That that I, I think Rosen's a real deal too. Like I think this offense is only going up. Next game, Buffalo and the Jets. Ugh. Uh, maybe maybe we should have just oh, yeah, skipped this yeah. one. Uh, n- not much excitement here to talk about at the running backs position specifically. Not a lot of, a lot of long term value with these guys so with these running backs let's just focus on the rest of the season Adam which running back do you think is going to be most helpful to fantasy owners as we near 
uh, the end of the fantasy season and the fantasy playoffs. You've got LaShawn McCoy, you've got Isaiah Crowell, and you've got Elijah McGuire. Which one of those would you want if you had to uh, use them in a flex spot? It's still Shady McCoy for me. Shady McCoy's had some decent games whenever Nathan Pierman doesn't start. It's, it's hard to have decent games when your quarterback turns the ball over at that rate because you're just not on the field enough. Last week he had a good, pretty good game with Barkley, and uh, you know he, he's the most talented player between the three. And I think at that point, whenever you're talking garbage offenses, you need to lean on the one that has the most talent, and it's Shady. So it, he's the only one I'm really interested in because I would expect McGuire to – start getting more of the of the carries because they have to see what they have um, they kind of know what they've had in Crowell and he's had a couple of good games but he's not going to be someone that you want to lean on for 20 attempts on a good team so yeah I, I don't want really any part of the Jets but I'll, I'll take a run on McCoy and just see what happens for the rest of the year yeah, we, we won't spend any more time on that one. I do like McGuire. <laughs> if you've got him on your dynasty team, I like uh, I like him. I could see him uh, making an impact the rest of the season and, and beyond. Uh, let's. Do you guys agree with me? Uh, super quick. Do you think the Bills and Jets leading rusher is currently on their roster for 2019? Uh, I would say no. Yeah, I don't think the Jets for sure, but I, I would not be surprised if they bring back McCoy – and he he runs for 850, and it's the leading rusher for the right. Bills. Yeah, right, yeah, right. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's hard to see either of these teams really turning it around, uh, even into next year, which is kind of kind of scary. Ryan, I don't know about you, dude, but I'm hard to buy for at yeah. Christmas, yep. man. Yeah, I mean, I really am. And I just usually, if I need something, I go buy it. And you know, do you want to get your dad or husband or buddy or whoever? Another pair of socks or a tie or something boring like that. So let me tell you about Harry's. And I have told you about them many times. They're very good friends of the show. I, like I told you before, I got hooked on Harry's Blades way back when with a different podcast when they sponsored it. And before that, all I ever used was an electric razor. And now all I ever use are Harry's Blades. So they make long-lasting quality products that are at a super reasonable price. They're German-engineered blades. They're only like two bucks each as opposed to like four or five that you're spending for other blades. It's, it's crazy. They have a four out of five, five-star rating at Trustpilot. It's a practical gift that your your dad or husband or buddy or brother will use. And then you save them money on blade refills. And like me, he'll get hooked after that. So you can personalize it to make him feel even special. You can choose a color that's right for him. Uh, there's limited edition holiday handles now. I could get myself one of those. Personal engraving options, uh, ready to gift sets come in handsome gift box, gift sets starting at just 10 bucks, 100% quality guarantee. It's wonderful. So here's our special offer. We've partnered with Harry's to give you $10 or $5 off any shave set, including our limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com slash dynasty. Plus, you'll get free shipping. Uh, this offer is for new and returning customers and is only available for the holidays. So jump on it quick, guys. So it comes with a wonderful way to handle with an option to engrave, German-engineered five-blade cartridge that provides a close, comfortable shave, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, smells great too, by the way, a travel cover to protect your blades, a handsome holiday gift box, or if you just want something for yourself, redeem your, your, your Harry's trial offer to experience the quality of shave before committing. So... 
Get your holiday sh shipping and shopping done early. Free shipping ends on December 12th, so act right now. Go to harrys.com slash dynasty. It's all caps. Make sure you do that. I'm, I don't think it matters, but you might as well make be safe. Get you $5 off your shave set while supplies last. That's harrys.com slash dynasty. Adam, let's talk about Ronald Jones. Uh, Washington and the Bucks played last week, and, and Jones wasn't in the game. He's out with an injury, but... Uh, again, I'm, I'm going to take you back to our preseason show. Mm -hmm. You loved Ronald Jones. Still you, do. You talked Matt into loving Ronald Jones. Matt traded for Ronald Jones. <laughs> <laughs> he's been a little bit of a disappointment. Actually, he's, he's been a major disappointment this year. He, unable to beat out uh, Peyton Barber. Hasn't really gotten on the field when he has suffered that injury, and, and he's, he's now out. If you drafted or traded for Ronald Jones as a dynasty owner, what would be your advice for those folks? So he's obviously been the most disappointing aspect of, of my outlooks, I guess, because I, I was, and I still am absolutely high on Ronald Jones. I think that um, people overreact so quickly to a small sample size. We looked at this preseason and we were flipping out about him not getting any yards in the preseason. While well, I posted something on Twitter, you could go back and look at my handle. Uh, he had absolutely no help and no chance on any of those runs. To expect anything different would be crazy. And now we're at a point where the guys had 19 real rushing attempts in the NFL and we're ready to label them a bust. Uh, but but here's me getting defensive, I guess. But we're a little bit. But we're okay with labeling Darius guy still the RB two or saying that he should be second pick in rookie drafts at this point. And the guy was not even close to the second running back taken. And he's coming off of a severe knee injury. Yes. People come back, but yeah, he, ha he has an ACL injury, uh, but we're, we're okay. And we're comfortable with that for a guy that has zero rushing attempts. So to me, that's, that's a bit hypocritical. You're, you're believing in something that you haven't seen versus seeing something for 19 times and thinking that it's terrible. The real issue is that, Todd Munkin's offense is is something that Twitter seems to like because it's as close as air raid is going to get in the NFL currently. Uh, but it just hasn't had any success rushing the ball. We can look at Peyton Barber. We can look at all of them. They have a 42% successful rush rate. It's terrible. The entire run game cannot function um, at any type of sustained success. So to me, the real issue is that Dirk Ketter's probably going to get fired. Munkin probably will leave with them. And now you're going to have a new coaching staff, which – could be a good thing for Ronald Jones because he's going to get a fresh look or it could be bad because when a new staff comes in any type of draft class that they've just had in a previous um, regime is always subject to hey I don't want that guy so I, I do not change my fantasy or not my fantasy my outlook on a player as a prospect after 19 attempts I, I think that would be crazy to do that yeah I, I totally agree um you almost talked me into Jones when we had you on earlier. <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't quite get there, but it, if I'm you, if I'm anybody else who who was a fan or a believer in him, you absolutely should be making trade offers for him everywhere. And even even if you're you weren't like me, I think you probably still should be making trade offers everywhere. If you can buy that guy for a second rounder. And see yeah. what happens. One hundred percent. That's what you should do. And and honestly, I think in a lot of leagues, that's what you can do. I've I've seen him sold for a second rounder in multiple leagues that I play in. So it it is happening. And uh, worst case, you you lose a second rounder. Not not the one two, one three, one four like some others might have spent. 
And whenever you compare them to what's coming out in this draft class, I think you're going to be disappointed in what comes out in 2019's class. So uh, I think you should have some perspective on that. It's not going to be the classes it's been the last two seasons. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Uh, next game, the Patriots and the Titans. That was a surprising one for many as the Titans won pretty easily. Uh, we said earlier, James Connor was one of the top stories of the fantasy season. James White is another one of the top stories of the fantasy season. He's been an RB one essentially from week one and, and really is going to end up, I think he's going to end up being a league winner and, and a major difference maker. Do you see any other players that maybe are buried on depth charts, maybe just playing part-time roles right now as White has over the past couple of years that you could see moving into this type of role where they become such a, such a valuable piece uh, of a backfield committee as that PPR back? You know, that's a tough question because the, the only one that really even came to mind is as I guess, kind of broken out over the last five weeks, and that's Jalen Richard, just because he's been getting opportunity. I think he has 32 targets over the last five weeks, and the more impressive part of that is he's caught 30 of them. So he's catching everything that's thrown to him. Now he plays for Oakland, which who knows what they're going to do in the offseason. I'm sure it'll be cleaning the house. But he would be the one of the ones that would, would be interesting to me. And the only other one that even comes close is someone that we all know, and that's Chris Thompson if he ever gets healthy. But the the fact is that James White plays for a team that – uses the running backs basically more than anybody uh, they have the second most fancy points for the position behind new orleans and that's pretty consistent every year yeah they you may think that they committee it but uh you want new england running backs someone's going to score points and someone's going to catch balls and that just happens to be both james white this year which is fantastic for for anybody playing fancy but yeah i don't that's hard to say because you have to be on a good offense and you have to be in a in a hidden role on a good offense playing third down roles for the Jets is Elijah McGuire is not anything that's going to be close to what James White does. How about Naheem Hines? Mm, yeah, if you're not sold on on uh, Mac. You don't love yeah, Mac. I, right. I, I, that was one of the ones I did have listed down was Hines. The player I was thinking of in that in that same scenario is the next guy I want to ask you about, the Chargers and the Raiders. You talked about Jalen Richard. I want to go to the other side and ask you about Austin Eckler. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, view him as a standalone option, a guy who has fantasy value regardless of what Melvin Gordon is doing and, and others simply view him as a handcuff or a change of pace back to Melvin Gordon. Uh, what are your thoughts on Eckler? Do you think he could be that um, James White type player? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one is, is Austin Eckler. And I probably left him out because I, I feel like he's already at that point of, Maybe not James White because he doesn't get the ball that much, but he's at that point where we all know him. Um, I, I don't believe that Austin Eckler is a guy that's ever going to be the lead back of a committee, but I think he's a fabulous part of a committee. And sure, because of how good the Chargers play offensively and how much on occasion, I guess it hasn't always worked out lately, that he's been getting the ball as a receiver, that makes him a weekly play. Uh, I mean, the guy's averaged five yards per carry and over 10 yards per reception for two seasons now. So that's a pretty ridiculous number to have between those two where you're doing that. That's a, that's a serious NFL player. So yeah, I think he's a, someone that's going to be valuable moving forward. I, I will say this. He seems to be the person that I hate to bring him up again, that people are going to 
clamor for every year to be a starting running back, a la Tevin Coleman, and then you're going to wait three years when he's a free agent, and then you're going to be disappointed because it's just not going to happen. Uh, I think just enjoy what you have and don't expect them to be, ever be this RB1 that moving forward like we did with Coleman or something like that. Adam, I, I think the theme that is really showing up as we talk about all these running backs is like, Eckler's a really nice player. Like, I wish he was on my favorite mm-hmm. team, and my son might have a jersey of him. But it's not easy to be the man. Yes. Yeah, you watch Melvin Gordon on film, and, and I know we, we've right. hyped up Austin Eckler, and he's had some good plays. But you, for someone that I was never really a big fan of in Gordon, you watch him on film this year, it's, it's a night and day situation. Melvin Gordon looks ridiculous on film. He is awesome this year. Uh, and Eckler looks good on film. All right, we're going to start with Matt this time. We're going to talk about the Packers and the Dolphins. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> it's it's Aaron Jones' <laughs> season. I know, Matt, you and many others have been waiting for this time. Uh, we saw Ty Montgomery traded. Uh, we've seen Jamal Williams be just okay for a year and a half now, not really taking advantage of his opportunity. Uh, he had pretty much had the backfield to himself the first couple of games as Jones was suspended. But uh, here we are. We had uh, Jones. I think it's fair to call it a breakout game against the Dolphins this week. So, Matt, uh, how high do you see Jones climbing when it comes to dynasty rankings? Yeah. Uh, I mean, everyone knows I love him. I've gotten a lot of tweets from you guys out there thanking me, you know, thanking me, saying I, I picked up Jones on your request you know, a year ago or a month ago or whatever, and it's paying off, and I do think it is. Um, I think I'd rather have him than any of the rookies this year not named Barkley. I mean, in that range, I mean, would you rather have Jones than Chubb? Or I think he's, I don't think he's that far off the Fournette Connor tier. So he, I might rather have Chuck, yeah. but I think I'd rather have him than, than Michelle. He is RB nineteen in our latest ADP that was collected prior to his his breakout game over the past uh, the past week or so. Um, right ahead of him is James White, a guy we just talked about. I think we'd rather have Jones than White. Do we? We all agree on that one. Yes. Um, and then we see Sony Michelle, Darius Geis, and then at RB fifteen is Nick Chubb. So that's that's kind of the range maybe we're talking about in the uh, in the mid-teens. Chubb's the only one I'd consider that group over him, and I'm still torn on that. Uh, on Johnson is 14. I still like Jones. Okay, better. so he's pushing RB1 range for you. Um, Adam, tell us your thoughts on Aaron Jones. Oh, I love Aaron Jones, the player. Uh, last week I had, I since moved him, but I had Marlon Mack and he was coming off those two monster games, and I was going to attempt to see if we could do a Mac for Jones trade in my league before he blew out this week, uh, just to see where we were. I thought that that would be a, something I could possibly get done. Now, I don't think that's going to happen at this point. I don't think Jones is going to get moved for him. Um, but the, the fact is, people need to realize this. People do not rush for seven yards per carry. That does not happen in the NFL. <laughs> so efficiency numbers will drop. It is absolutely going to happen. He'll regress to some sort of mean. He's Look, he's not going to be a five-yard per carry career running back. That's Jamal Charles. So you're going to have to realize that that number is going to go from seven or six, eight, where it's at now, down to a four, five number or even less moving forward. And that has to be helped with an increase in volume, which we all expect to happen. That's the only way you offset the lack of efficiency that's coming. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that he's a 
fantastic player. He was one of my my guys along with Mac that I really liked to come out last year. Um, so yeah, I think you, on that offense you, you have to like what you see. He's run extremely well. He's starting to get a little bit more passing work, and Jamal Williams is getting phased out, which is the way it should be. But you know he still hasn't had more than fifteen rush attempts this year in a, in a game, and he hasn't had eighteen touches in a. He's only had eighteen touches as his high mark for the the year. And that's going to have to go up. It's going to have to go up to 20 touches per game for him to maintain where he's at if that number goes from 7 to 4 or 5. So as far as his dynasty value, Adam, are, are, are you in agreement with Matt that you're putting him in that RB15 range or maybe even a little higher? No. Whenever you, the, one, the, the name you said that made me really hesitate was Sonny Michelle. When he said that one, I thought, okay, now are we really going to go to that point? And that, that's where I'm going to have a conversation at and have to decide where I wanted to go, right around that range, which is good. I mean, that's a pretty solid range. What was that? What would you say, 16 or something for Michelle? Yeah, Michelle was 17. Uh, your guy, Darius Geis, is 16. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that Matt's far off, though, as far as pushing him with the rookies, you yeah. know, even, even with Chubb, because it, you're just – picking your your taste at that point between Chubb guys um you know that that's where you're going to be Michelle yeah I don't think that's that's off at all I, I think he's gonna catch more balls going forward mm-hmm. too I mean I, I know Williams is the reliable one he's better in protection we've heard that a million times but Jones has more upside as a receiver too Williams is boring yo man yes Next game, the Seahawks and the Rams. We don't even need to talk about Todd Gurley, so let's talk about the Seahawks. Suddenly, the Seattle team has has multiple running backs that we've seen have some success this year. Chris Carson has a couple of RB1 games. Mike Davis has uh, a couple of RB1 games under his belt. And then on Sunday, we see Rashard Penny uh, go over 100 yards, score his first touchdown. Uh, it's pretty obvious that Penny is still the guy out of this out of this trio that we want. But when does he really take over the backfield? How do you see this breaking down, Adam? Well, this run game has got to be the the revelation of the season for me as far as uh, output from running backs because I thought Seattle would be terrible running the ball. And here we are since week five, they have the third most rushing yards in the league, and that's from running backs. Forget Russell Wilson and what he's adding. Uh, but I think we need to have expectations of – Chris Carson still gaining at least 10 carries per game. So whatever that leaves for Penny at this point moving forward is going to be what he gets. I do not think that Penny will will all of a sudden grasp the starting role and throw Chris Carson out. I like Penny a lot. I liked him way more than Carson moving forward, but Pete Carroll likes Chris Carson, and Schottenheimer likes Chris Carson, and that's going to move forward for the rest of the season where he's going to get, I would say, the majority of the carries, whatever the, the majority is, he's going to get it if he's healthy. So would your advice for Penny be similar to Jones as far as buy at that discount? Yeah, he probably should have done it last week before he yeah. went for 10 yards per carry. Uh, I think it, you'll need him to have a few more of these five for 20 output games, and then you can buy him back in at a cheaper rate. Or or games where he doesn't even see a snap, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's had a couple of those. Uh, next game, Dallas and the Eagles. Man, this Eagles backfield is, has really just been a disaster. They lost Jay Ajayi early in the season. They they had three guys they they thought they could mix in, and it just hasn't worked. Uh, even Darren Sproles has been hurt essentially the entire year. Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams is kind of coming on lately. 
Do you want any of these guys for the rest of this season? And do you see any of those having 2019 value? The only one is Josh Adams. He's worth a look. He he was someone that had, you know, obviously a ton of college production. Uh, it wasn't necessarily showing up on film as someone that I thought could translate into a, a superior NFL talent. But, uh, you know, a lot of times college production can be a way that we can project and, he's going to be the only person from this backfield that I have any interest in. Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood are, are just guys, and they will never be more than just guys. So moving forward next year, Ajayi's a free agent. I, I mean, I fully expect them to get somebody else besides Josh Adams. They're going to they're going to roll out Ajayi or Ingram or whatever they spend money on. So moving forward in 2019, you have to just throw a dart at Josh Adams and see what happens. Well, we we've seen this team – be very aggressive as far as making trades, moving around the the draft board. Um, maybe they're a team that goes after Tevin Coleman, Le'Veon Bell, one one of these big name running backs. And I think both of those guys could actually fit pretty well with Adams, uh, kind of a, a bigger back. What do you think? Matt, is Western PA ready for Le'Veon Bell to play for the Eagles? <laughs> Uh, that's not a rival. I mean, that's six hours away. That just happens to be in the same state. But um, Ryan, I'm with you. I mean, they're definitely a very aggressive organization. But as it stands right now, they have the worst cap situation yeah. in the whole league. You know, so maybe it's you know first round running back, or they dump a salary and make room. But I just look at this team and think they're not going to run at all. They're just going to throw and throw and throw. And say Carson, take you, take us as far as you can. And Ajayi coming off an injury is going to be cheap. Uh, I don't think there's any right. reason they couldn't bring him back on a cheaper contract. One year prove Absolutely. it to you. He's not going to get. He's yeah. not going to get any more than four or five million dollars at the max. Right. Agreed. Well, I think there's reasons they they shouldn't bring him back, but it's it's not money. It's not money related. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's finish up last game, the Monday night football game, the Giants and the 49ers. Again, uh, not much more we need to say about Saquon Barkley. He's the top two or three uh, r- running back in all of Dynasty. And we'll leave it at that. Let's talk about the 49ers and Matt Breda, though. They, they of course, lost Jarek McKinnon um, in the preseason and, you know, just kind of didn't know where they were going to turn. And, and Breda has been a, a great answer for them. But like Marlon Mack, and maybe even worse than Marlon Mack, he's had multiple injuries as well. He just continues to play through them. He's got to be, first of all, one of the toughest players uh, in the league just to continue to go out there and and grind out these carries. But he's been very impressive as well, especially uh, against the Giants in this game. So how do you see 2019 shaking out? Is it going to be a Breda-McKinnon committee? Can Breda lead that and and push McKinnon kind of to a a secondary role like he was in Minnesota? So first for the, for the young crowd, you'll need to Google this because it's well before you, your time, but he's, he's basically Willis Reed every week at this point where he's (laughs) injured and, and we think he's going to go on injured reserve in the second quarter. And then here he comes back out and rushes for a hundred yards. So I, I I love Brita. I think he's playing phenomenally for, for how injured he has to be. You're not going to just fake this every single week. He's, he's hurt and he's putting up good numbers, even hurt. He's essentially to me, I was thinking about this. He's not to keep on whipping on Tevin Coleman. He's if Tevin Coleman hit perfectly and did everything right, he's basically Matt Breida. Uh, he, he's fast. 
He's got tremendous physical skills. He catches the ball well. He runs between the tackles well. He runs outside well because of how fast he is. But Jarrett McKinnon does a lot of that too, and that's what they paid him for. So moving forward, I'm certainly interested to see how Shanahan uses those two together. He's done it with success in the past with Atlanta. He already did it with Coleman and Freeman. So if you're a Burrito fan, you hope that it's Freeman and that he's the Freeman portion of this committee and that Coleman gets more of the McKinnon-type role. So, Adam, I love everything you just said, and I love his toughness too. I just don't think he's long for this world. <laughs> you may not be. <laughs> I mean, I'm I mean, like serious. Two years every now, week, we might be like, remember Matt Burrito? Every week I think, okay, that's it. He's done. He's dead. Right. <laughs> he's like the Terminator. I mean, he keeps like coming back. Yeah, that that's the thing that concerns me, and and like I said, it, it's worse than Mac because he's leaving, uh, he's leaving in the middle of games. We don't know if he's getting one series or, or, or really, we don't, we just don't know what's going to happen, um, and that's that makes it tough for fantasy players to use Breda, and and that's that's probably why we haven't seen a major spike in his dynasty value despite his uh, his solid season so far. Well, Adam, thanks so much for joining us. I think we hit every game in week 10 with your thoughts on, uh, on some of those key running backs. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. Tell our listeners where they can find your work. So you can find me um, at the RB Scout on Twitter. I do some work for Fanball as well. Uh, I've been more quiet this season. It's not because of lack of work, I can promise you. There, there is a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on at RB Scout. We, we've taken a backseat from just posting – stuff to post uh, my group um we have a couple guys that do a lot of analytic work we are actually in the process of i posted this early in the off season um of trying to find stats that actually matter moving forward for the rbu position kind of like what josh Armstrong has done with the receivers we've been trying our best to find stuff that you can use uh to project running backs moving forward and it is not an easy task so there has been a ton of work behind the scenes on that that we're trying to do and getting prepared for next season to do it's a lot of cool stuff that we're not ready to talk about, but I can assure you uh, things are going to be very, very big for RB Scout next year, what we're going to bring to the table that things have that no one's really ever seen. So uh, we're excited about it, but it, it's costing us time this year, and it's costing us the ability to put a lot of content, but so be it. I think it's going to be worth it. Man, that is awesome to hear. Like I said, you are one of our regulars. We hope to – to have you back in the off season, you can tell us more about all those things when you're ready. Uh, but it sounds sounds like great things coming from rbscout.com as as there always are. So we appreciate you your work. We appreciate your time. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.